Welcome to the Wealth and Wellness Podcast with me, Kaylee Boisvert. I specialize in helping people to achieve their financial goals. I have a love for all things numbers, and I am passionate about financial literacy. My goal is to spark healthy and positive conversations around wealth and investment and create a world where nobody is limited by their financial situation. But wealth is just one piece in the equation of living our best lives. So join me as we explore both wealth and wellness topics. From your net worth to your self-worth, get ready to take confident action. Hello, my name is Kaylee, and thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Wealth and Wellness Podcast. Today, I'm focused on a very wealth-focused topic, and so we're going to be chatting all about money awareness. This is a good one. I think it's really important. Okay. So having an awareness of your money is vital to having a good relationship with money and for achieving financial success. Just like you can't start any journey out um, without first knowing where you stand, where your present location is. The same is true with your money. So you can't set out to achieve any financial goal really without first knowing well, where am I right now? Where do I stand as it is right now today? So money awareness is really just that. It's about knowing where you stand with your finances. It's about that digging deep and really having an awareness and, and having that awareness being the first step towards achieving your goals. So again, money goals are so important and I'm all about having those goals and setting out to achieve them, but it's always going to start with first knowing where you stand, having that awareness. So there's three basic but very important questions that money awareness seeks to answer. And these are the questions. It's how much money do you have? How much money do you earn? And how much money do you spend? So unfortunately, All too often, I see that many people just kind of choose to remain in the dark about their money or take that head in the sand approach and they simply hide from, um, you know, these questions and they don't necessarily have an answer ready. So like I think probably I could count on maybe, you know, one hand the amount of people that that I've sat down with, met with that could very clearly and easily answer these questions. So Again, these questions are vital. They're so important. They're the building blocks, the starting point. Yet so many people don't have the answer to those questions. And again, this isn't about, you know, making you feel guilty for that. It's again, having that realization of, okay, so if this is, you know, what we need, what we have to have in place, then, you know, what do we have to do to get towards that? So, Money awareness is going to be the input to all your financial planning decisions, and it's the starting point for goal setting. Um, It can build your confidence and your comfort level with your money, and it can help you uncover where there's possible adjustments or changes that need to be made. Having that awareness, we need the awareness first to see, oh, wow, you know, I thought I spent a lot less here, or I didn't realize, you know, this is how much I was spending every month. That, that awareness is so important because we can't make change. We can't see the need for change even until we have that. So that awareness starts by taking inventory of what you have and knowing what is being added and spent on an ongoing basis. And if you don't know the answer to those three questions again that I stated, 
is completely okay, but let's use this as motivation then for taking action. And in this episode, that's why I created it, to help you get equipped with the tools to answer those three questions. So those three questions are never a, you know, a never ending question mark in your head that you go, okay, you know, this is my net worth. This is how much I make. This is how much I spend. And you can, you can answer those questions with ease. So let's start with the first question. How much money do you have? The best tool to help you answer this question would be a net worth statement. Think of a net worth statement as a snapshot of your financial position at any given point in time. On it, you're going to list everything you own in one column, that's your assets, and then everything you owe in the other, and that would be your liabilities. And since I love math in equation form that means that net worth equals assets minus liabilities and so in this equation we realize that okay if assets exceed liabilities then of course you have a positive net worth but if liabilities exceed assets then you would have a negative net worth and again this isn't about judgment It's really the point is about not being hard on yourself if the number is negative. The value in this is just completing the exercise and it's developing that awareness so you do know exactly where you stand, okay? So that's really the point of this exercise. So creating your own personal net worth statement starts by picking, really picking a method that works for you. Because again, we need the net worth statement. It's gonna answer the question, how much do you have, right? So. How do you create it? Well, you can simply just use a piece of paper um, or my recommendation is doing some form of digital version because again, that way you can save it, you can go back, you can make changes. Um, And one of the best methods that I've found or what I think works best for me is using a spreadsheet. Again, though, whatever method you choose, um, it's just whatever works best for you, what you think is gonna be easiest and what you can be consistent with. So to start, you wanna begin by creating two columns to create your net worth statement. So the first column is gonna be the assets, and then the second is gonna be liabilities, okay? So now let's discuss what is gonna be included on the columns, because that's important as well, right? So it starts by just creating the columns, but then what are you actually going to include on your columns? So The first column is assets. Think of these as items of value that can be converted to cash or they can be easily sold. So the most common examples of assets are cash in your bank accounts, um, balances in your investment accounts, including savings accounts, retirement accounts, and the value of your home. So the approximate current resale value of your home would be what you wanna put on the asset side for your home if you own a home. And then as well, additional personal property. Um, When it comes to personal property though, you'd only want to include items that will hold their value or have the potential to appreciate, so increase in value. Examples of appreciating physical assets could be um, jewelry, collector's items, and maybe like um, collector's like artwork and things like that as well. So 
That's what your assets would be. Um, I generally suggest you leave out vehicles on the asset category because generally cars are more of a depreciating asset. Um, they lose their value quite quickly. We kind of, we hear that, you know, constant thing about you buy a new car, you drive it off the lot and it's worth this much less. So um, again, it is depreciating quite quickly. So they don't necessarily pass that test for assets holding their value or appreciating in value. Okay, so that's some ideas of what you'd have in your asset column. And then you have your liability column. And in your liability column, you wanna list everything you owe. So examples of these would be remaining balance on your mortgage, um, any car loan, student loans, and other personal loans, or lines of credit, and outstanding credit card balances. So see what we did with the, the home? So if you own your home, we took the resale value of your home and put that on the asset side, and you're thinking probably, well, you know, yes, maybe my home's worth that, but I still have a mortgage, I haven't paid it back. Well, we're going to account for that on the liability side, right? That's where we offset it to actually, we're only gonna, in the equation include your equity in the home by on the asset side including the value the resale value of your home so the full value of if you were to sell it today how much would you get for your home approximately um, i know that's a tough question probably but you could compare it to you know comparables in your neighborhood and things like that and then in the liability column if you do have an outstanding balance on your mortgage it would be listed there so that's really going to um, actually have the calculation of what is the equity value in your home um, so you don't have to do the math on that you know separately you're going to list resale value asset column and then what's left on your mortgage in the liability column um, once you've listed all the assets in one column and all the liabilities in the other, you're going to sum up the total of each column and it will give you your total assets and total liabilities. And now we go back to that lovely equation that of course I said I love equations. So it's assets minus liabilities give us our net worth. So there you have it, your net worth. Now, Keep in mind that this number is a measure at a specific point in time, right? It's it's correct and and valid and you know up to date the the minute we do it, the day we do it. So it it is accurate and showing how showing how things stand now. But you um, of course are going to be probably adding to your savings over the coming months or years. Um, you're going to be making mortgage payments, so that balance remaining in your mortgage is going to be going down. So these numbers are changing all the time. So you have to update these numbers on an ongoing basis. But to stay current, I suggest as a minimum for the net worth, if you can update it on an annual basis, that's ideal, um, or with major life events. So if you do, um, you know, get some sort of inheritance or, or you make, um, you get a, a bonus at your job and you make a, um, a big payment on um, a liability or something like that, you pay off a credit card or anything like that, any big life events, um, definitely take those opportunities to make an update as well. And of course, you know, if you're if you're doing this, you had never done one before and you're loving, you know, what you see and the information you can get if you're one of those really analytical types, um, feel free to do it more often if you have that time and desire. But again, ideally, if you can kind of schedule it in as an annual update that you want to have this 
net worth statement because you can always go off the version you already have and that's the great thing about having it saved digitally is you can just use that to update it on a yearly basis so then you know next year rolls around and you go okay now my house is worth about this this is what's left on my mortgage um i've increased my rsps because i've been adding to them over the years um or any sort of investment account and now it stands at about this and so you're making those updates on the annual basis as a minimum again you know i want to stress that this isn't you know a shame or guilt exercise it is to create an awareness of your financial life it's this is about feeling well acquainted with your money i don't think we spend enough time and we don't give our money enough attention the attention that it really deserves so this is just getting really acquainted with your money this is having a deep awareness of everything you have everything you own Um, and everything you owe and it's all in one spot as well and you're updating it so you're staying current too with how that's changing and once you can have created it it serves as a starting point for any goals that you can create around that number so perhaps your number right now is a negative net worth number but your goal is to get that positive within a certain time frame or maybe it's that you see what your net worth is today and you want it to increase at a certain percentage each year. And so again, you can't have that goal without first knowing um, what it is today. So that's really what's gonna serve you with a net worth statement. It's really, it's kind of a snapshot of exactly where you are at a point in time. And it's so valuable, so you have that. And for couples, it's so important to have it as well because it's a great tool so you can get on the same page with those amounts and the numbers and where you're at. So if you're, you know, if you're more of a divide and conquer in one, takes the lead on finances this is a really good exercise where you both come together and do it so you can really be on the same page with where you're at so maybe the day-to-day someone kind of takes more of the lead on with finances but if you can come together and both have that awareness it's very important that you're both on the same page again in case anything happens um, or so you're both aware and working towards the goals together right so that's the the financial snapshot at a point in time that's answering that first question, how much do I have? But that awareness journey isn't quite done because now that you have the tool to answer that first in question, first question, it's important that we now address the next question. So how much money do you earn and how much money do you spend? And you might have already guessed it, but um, the best way to really answer these questions is through doing a budget. <laughs> Um, I know it's not the most thrilling task, but it's such a valuable exercise creating your budget. Um, Essentially, a budget is a tool to report your income versus expenses. And those numbers are most commonly calculated on a monthly basis when we're doing it in sort of budget terms. So, you know, I, I will say, though, most people that I encounter, I know, and myself included, don't love doing a budget. I was never a fan of the idea of having to do a budget. Um, so if you share this sort of dread and, and you know, of maybe it's not the most thrilling task to you, that's completely okay and you're not alone, right? A lot of people feel that way. Um, budget's kind of not the most exciting topic. They can be boring and, um, you know, sometimes we want to avoid it because it's that seeing, that reality of seeing where we're spending money is sometimes uncomfortable. But 
a budget serves a very important tool. It's an extremely important awareness tool when it comes to your money. So you can't skip this step. If you know you're someone who just wants to do you know anything, if it's in your mind you want to you have a goal to get better with your finances or make a change with your finances and improve where you stand with your money or anything like that, I would highly recommend that being a budget be one of those, you know, tasks within there that that is on that journey to to however you want to improve your relationship with money. It's such an important piece of it. Too often people think they get caught up in things like, you know, I I can't achieve the financial goals or I need to make this much money to be ultra high net worth and things like that. But really, if you can just do the the tools and be diligent with where your money is going through doing things like a budget, um, that is, you know, where I've seen the most success with people is when they have an awareness of where their money is going Um, you know, the rest sort of all falls into place around that and savings happens and they they work towards their goals and they reach their goals. So it's such an important tool. Again, maybe it's not exciting, maybe it's boring, but it's vital in really working towards those financial goals. Like I cannot stress it enough to having this awareness of how much money you spend, where your money is going. So some of the the negative beliefs or the myths around creating a budget that I hear and, and you maybe hear or maybe some of these are ones that are sort of the, the excuses you have internally yourself. But, you know, budgets are too time consuming. Um, that's not necessarily the case. They don't have to be time consuming, especially once you start doing them. Um, it, it becomes a quick task uh, the more you do it as well. Um, budgets are too complicated. I don't enjoy math. Again, not true at all. We don't have to make the budget and your your budget be ultra complicated. It really is simple math. It's uncovering how much am I spending and how much money is coming in. So that that's not complicated. I think we we overcomplicate it in our heads thinking there has to be these, you know, certain categories and there has to be this pie chart and, you know, it has to show the numbers in this way. And that's not the case at all. Like it's it doesn't matter how it's presented or what it looks like. Really, it's just getting to sort of digging into the numbers and seeing, you know, having that awareness. Um, budgets are boring. I, I mean, I can't really dispel that one. <laughs> they do seem boring. But I mean, a lot of tasks in life that we have to do aren't necessarily the most exciting tasks. Um, saying things like, I already have a rough estimate of how much I spend. So thinking, well, I don't have to do a budget because I, I already know, right? Doing that quick top of your head um, math saying, okay, my mortgage is this, this is my insurance, this is my car payment. Um, and just kind of quickly summing it up and saying, you know, this is how much I spend. And I was guilty of doing that form of budget for a very long time. And when I did actually sit down and take the time to do a budget where I looked at every expense that I spent in a month, um, it was a very good exercise. It was a very eye-opening exercise because I'll tell you that rough estimate that you have in your head is usually very rough and it's often very off. Um, So actually taking the time to look through every expense is so important. 
um, thinking budgets are too restrictive, um, people thinking that if I do a budget, it means I'm going to have to, you know, scale back. I'm not going to be able to spend as much money. Again, not the case. It's not that you're doing the exercise to prohibit you from spending money. You're doing it to have the awareness, to make sure that you're on track and aware of where your money is going. Um, thinking things like I make enough or save enough each month. I don't need it. So thinking like, oh, I already got this. I have lots of money. I have lots of extra every month. Um, I can tell you the most successful high net worth, ultra high net worth people still do budgeting. They still look at what they're spending. So it doesn't mean that when you're, you've achieved a certain level of financial success that you don't need one. It's, there's always a form of benefit that comes out of them, I find. So um, again, I wouldn't say that that's necessarily a true statement and just saying things like oftentimes we'll say, you know, it's not the right time or I will do it when, you know, when I get that raise or when this happens in my life, then I will get do, get to doing that task. And again, procrastination is not your friend when it comes to money. So get on it now if you want to have those goals of, but I'm also going to do it when that's great, but let's do it now. And then when those time comes, you can always do it again. So um, if any of those excuses or myths sound familiar, that again is completely okay. But no matter what justifications you might have for the avoidance or or kind of pushing it off, um, the benefits of budgeting and the awareness it brings, I would say far outweigh any reason you might have for putting it off. If if there's like a few key advice I, I could tell you of, you know, what sets apart the people that are well on track with their finances, achieving their goals and people that aren't, I would say this is one thing that separates the two is that having that awareness, having done a budget, knowing what you spend. So when it comes to budgeting, there's so many tips and tools out there to assist you with creating it. Try not to get overwhelmed and just really focus on a solution that works best for you. So don't think you have to, you know, take a course or read the articles before you're able to make your own budget. Again, it doesn't have to be this complicated thing with all sorts of analysis and pie charts, etc. Um, we often overcomplicate it and budgets really don't have to be to that level. It really is just, again, how much money, answering the questions, how much money is coming in each month and how much money is going out. That's all it is. We don't have to um, do anything beyond that. So however you can get that answer, whatever method works best for you, do that. Do the way that works for you to solve that problem, to answer that question. Use a piece of paper. Use a digital version. Again, digital versions are a little bit more forgiving and you can make lots of mistakes and add things and whatnot, but whatever works for you. Um, The simplest way that I suggest for doing a budget or breaking it down is just to list every single expense in a given month. So make sure you gather any forms of payment methods you use. So if you use a credit card and a bank card to make payments every month, or maybe you use two credit cards, make sure you go to each one of those and you're gonna gather the month's worth of data. And the good thing is that most of us now do use these forms of payment. So there is this digital trail of every transaction we make. So it's a lot easier, right? We don't, um, you don't necessarily have to write it down. Like if you're spending cash, there's less of that record of where money is being spent. But if you are using your bank card, visa cards, um, credit cards, you're, you're going to have that easily accessible that you can just go back to and and pull all the transactions for a month. 
And so you you pull all the transactions for a month and then you want to separate income and expense entries. Likely you're going to have fewer income than expense entries. We, we tend to spend a little bit more or we have a little bit more going on on the expense side than what's coming in. Um, don't forget about things like annual spends or quarterly spends. So if you pay for your insurance on an annual basis, for instance, make sure you go back to where whatever month that was paid on and take the full annual charge divided by 12 and include that portion in the monthly expenses that you're breaking down, just so you can get that really accurate number. Um, and then again, you simply are totaling up all your expenses. You're totaling up your income, you're totaling up all your expenses, and you know income minus expenses shows what's left each month total of your expenses just shows you what am I spending each month? What money goes out each month? Um, and that's that's the basics, what we need from that, right? That answers those questions. But um, feel free to dig a little bit deeper because sometimes when you see that money, especially if you haven't done one of these for a while or if you have never really done a budget, um, it can be a little bit of, you know, a big like aha moment or a, oh my goodness <laughs> moment. Um, so you might want to take some time to really further break down some of the categories and it's going to help you understand, you know, what percentage or where you are spending more money. And from that, you can make adjustments or changes, right? So you could you can group expenses any kind of way. Again, use a method that works for you, that makes sense for you. Um, you could say you could have a category that's like housing related and then you can have transportation, you can have food, entertainment, clothing and have those separate categories and put the expenses into each that would go under the categories. Or you can even be more generic and say, you know, essentials, discretionary, savings, just very basic categories. Again, it's not about doing it right or wrong. It's using a method that makes sense and works for you. Um, Again, sorted in a way where you can easily see where the money is going. And once all the expenses have been, you know, divvied up into their categories, you can really see what's happening. What are the trends? Where is your money going? So gone are the days where you're saying things like, you know, I have no idea where all my money goes or I have no idea how much money I spend because we have the answer. Like you, you have the answer now. Um, and going back to a past month is generally going to give you a typical spending month. You can take, you know, you can look at a past month and then you can go to, you know, another month that was maybe four or five months ago, but you'll usually see trends. It's going to usually be quite similar, especially if you hone in on those annual amounts, quarterly amounts, and make sure you divide it up. It really should start to, there's probably going to be a trend. It's probably going to be pretty consistent. We're creatures of habit and we tend to sort of, you know, have things on repeat, especially when it comes to our money. Um, there might be certain months you spent more like the, the holiday months or something like that. But if you can look back at typical months, there's usually going to be, they're going to probably be quite similar. So now we have that answer, you know, where, how much money do I spend? Um, if you discovered expenses exceed income, this is, you know, a very important exercise for that. And if, if that's happening, then you've probably got some work to do, right? Because if you're spending more than you earn, that's not a sustainable strategy. The math doesn't work in your favor and it's not going to allow you to grow your wealth, right? We're not going to, you're not going to get to the point of increasing net worth if what you're spending is exceeding what you're earning. So, um, 
A big reason people avoid doing budgets is I think really to that avoid that reality of what you spend. And you know, it does open up the door to a lot of self-criticism, guilt and shame. There's a lot of emotion tied around money and how we use money, right? So again, remember, don't let any of those things, you know, stop you from doing this because see it as a very much, I'm going to do this as that awareness exercise. I'm going to do this simply to answer those questions that we set out to answer at the beginning of this podcast and just have that be the goal. It's not about, you know, being shocked or giving yourself you know, a lecture of where money's going and how much you've spent. That's not what we're trying to do at all. Um, so having that done that exercise and saying, okay, this is how much comes in every month. This is typically what I spend. It leads us to another budgeting tool that I highly encourage. And that's what I call in, I've created, or I, I label it the forward looking budget, or I also call it your personal income plan. So a personal income plan is meant to be empowering because instead of simply calculating what you've already spent in the past, it's about being proactive and taking control of your spending. It's deciding, you know, what you want to see that look like in the future. But again, we have to do the past. We have to look at what's been happening in the past. So we have the awareness and we know what we want to change, maybe what what we weren't happy with that we want to have look different. So When you're in control with this personal income plan, you can be intentional about where money is going. If there was something that surprised you about where your money was being spent when you looked back, then the personal income plan is your opportunity to implement changes and incorporate your goals. If you were happy though with the results, maybe you did the past spending and it all looked great and you were really happy, then maybe your personal income plan or what you wanna do going forward is just, I wanna continue going where I'm going. I do a really good job with spending and I want to keep it up. Okay. So, um, even if it's, you know, you're, you gave yourself on the pat, pat on the back. Great. Like that's amazing. And, and keep up the good work. And maybe that's what your personal income plan is going to help you achieve that consistency. So to create your personal income plan, that forward looking budget, you're going to use the information from what you've seen in the past, what's happened in the past, that backward looking, and determine your goals and objectives. So think of it as designing what your ideal budget would look like. So if you could have the budget of your dreams and have it reflect exactly what you would like to see, that's really the personal income plan. You're creating a plan for how you would like to designate your spending going forward. And, you know, maybe like me, For instance, you discover you spend far more on eating out than you realize and you want to scale back on that expense going forward. I looked at like my bank the other day and they give you these insights and they said, your spending, your your monthly McDonald's spend has gone up in the month of May. And I was like, well, thank you, bank, for that insight. Um, obviously I have a French fry addiction. Um, but again, it's, it didn't give me enough detail, unfortunately, because it just had these bars with no numbers associated with them. So I, you know, should take it upon myself now to do the calculation and see what dollar value is really being reflected as being spent at McDonald's. Look at that number and say, eek, like, am I okay with that? And if I'm not, what is my plan going forward? Maybe I'm going to say I'm going to reduce that, you know, in half. I can't give up fries completely. (laughs) 
So I'm going to reduce it by 50%. Um, but let's be realistic, right? Let's be, you know, realistic with goals so we don't set ourselves up for failure. So maybe you say, okay, you know, this is how much I spent eating out. And I do want to reduce that because that seemed a lot higher than I thought. Um, and ultimately, I want to get it cut in half. But maybe my goal over the next couple months is I'm going to reduce it by 15% a month and start working towards that. So again, we don't want to use this personal income plan as um, just this, you know, this ideal scenario that's maybe not even accurate or or realistic because we're not going to work towards it. If it's so far off um, from where we're at right now, we have to take the steps in between, right? We have to make it realistic so we're excited to work towards it. So we we set ourselves up for success and we feel like, hey, I can do this. I can cut back. I can have fries, you know, one less day <laughs> a week. And I think I can realistically do that, right? So a personal income plan is a fabulous way to design your ideal budget. And you will, so you will need to do some monitoring, right? Because we we have, again, we're creatures of habit. We probably have these typical spending habits that we're in and what we discover when we look at past months of expenses. Well, now that we have these changes we want to make, um, it's going to take some work because it's pro- it's not necessarily, you know, again, it's not part of our habit. It's making some changes. So you're going to have to do some monitoring probably, especially at the beginning when you're doing this, this forward-looking personal income plan, your goals, um, just to make sure that you're on track, you're sticking to it so you know where you're at. Am I, am I there? Am I almost there? How am I doing? So you can do this by looking at your expenses at the end of each month and and doing, again, adding it all up and comparing the two and saying, okay, you know, did I achieve that goal? Am I a bit off? And and if it's a really big change and something you're really serious about, then you can monitor it even more often. So you can say, I'm just going to be really proactive and really check in on my numbers on a weekly basis, or maybe it's even daily basis until you feel like you're really on track with what it is you want to achieve. So Um, setting the goals and objectives for our spending can only take us so far, right? We can say, oh, I only want to spend, you know, 5% on clothing and 10% on food and whatever the number looks like. Again, there's no right or wrong answer, but we can have the goals and objectives, but they can only take us so far, right? The actual execution is where the magic happens. And that's where we have to be specific um, and, and have those recorded and be monitoring. So there you have it. I'm, that's that's what I wanted to share today, that money awareness. So being aware and knowing where you stand with your money is so important. And it's the first and most important step, in my opinion, to having a positive relationship with your money, to feeling empowered and in control, right? If, if you want to be empowered and in control with your money, you're able to answer those questions. How much money do I have? How much money do I earn? How much money do I spend? Those come easy. You have those those the pieces of paper or the charts in the background that give you those numbers. And you don't have to be this super analytical numbers person to get those results. Again, however you go about answering those questions, whatever solution you create that works for you is whatever it is. Um, and and whatever works is what is great. I encourage it because again, it's just about getting the answer. It's not about how you got the answer. It's about having the answer because then you have the awareness. Okay. So 
It's using these tools, the net worth statement, that financial snapshot of seeing where you're at, the budget, your personal income plan for having a plan going forward to achieve your goals. Those are really the tools that are going to support you to answer those questions. And that's what I shared in this episode. So hopefully you enjoyed it. And thank you so much for your time. And I will catch you next time. I hope you found value in this episode. And because I'm such a proponent of taking confident action, I want to pose a question to you, the listener. What is one action that you feel inspired to take after listening to today's episode? If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Thank you so much. And I will catch you next time.